friends, and welcome to Pod Return to the Waking Sands. We are a Final Fantasy XIV companion podcast where we explore the lore and story of Heidelin and beyond. My name is Jen, and I'm joined by my co-host and researcher. I'm Levi. Hi, Levi. We're joined today, Jen, by Porkchop, who does not normally hang out when we record, but he decided to come visit. Yeah. He loves a moogle. Porkchop is a moogle. He might be part moogle, yeah. Maybe moggle's guard. Yeah. Yeah. Problematic. Mm Mm-hmm. So, uh, speaking of moogles, today we are continuing with the main story. We'll be playing through more of the patch 2.1 story through the quest on the properties of primals. So, what happened last time, Jen? Oh, last time? Uh, Alfino had some ideas. Minfilia didn't really want to move forward with those ideas. So, Alfino engaged in some fucking like psychological subterfuge to get her on board. As in, finding her long-lost mom. Yep, pretty much. That was it. Cool. So, now that Minfilia no longer has distractions with lady problems, like rumors of her missing adoptive mother. Totally a lady problem. Absolutely. Yep. Right, ladies? She can now focus on what's important. Alphano's plans. Yeah. Finally. <laughs> so we are going to Revenant's Toll, and we'll need to get permission from the Adventurers Guild and probably have to give them a little something in return in exchange for us being able to relocate our headquarters there. So Minfili is going through the list of stuff to do, and suddenly Alphano barges into the solar saying, Don't worry, Minfilia. I got it covered. Leave it to Elfie. And yeah, like, you don't need to worry your pretty little head about any of this stuff. And she's like, actually, that's kind of literally exactly what I need to be worrying about as the antecedent. But no, because Elfino has already gone ahead and brought here the emissary from Revenant's Toll. So he has brought with him a pair of hearers, entirely unannounced. This is the emissary for the Adventurers Guild and some lady that we don't know. I mean, this is like, this is classic uh, ARR Elfino right here. He just, he's stepping on toes big time. So his intentions are in the right place, but for a like diplomatic hopeful, he has not figured out how to navigate these scenarios well, without Minfilia doesn't tact. give any indication whatsoever that he is being annoying or overstepping or whatever. She just goes with the flow. Sure. And I feel like most people can kind of parse what is appropriate. You know, maybe you're kind of crossing a line or going some over somebody's head. You got it. You kind of feel that out. But Elfino, he's just he just doesn't have that awareness. Sure. But I'm saying that Minfilia doesn't do anything that shows that she cares about this. Again, Minfilia having zero personality. So, yeah, but there, yeah he's like, you know, <laughs> like, sure, you can worry about that stuff. But how about you delegate it to me instead? And she says, OK, you're okay. you're it, Elfino. So with him, there is this bespectacled guy who has already gone and approved the ask. He's like, yeah, you're in, Scions of the Seventh Dawn. Welcome to Mordona. Mm-hmm. We just need to talk about some details, which me and Alphano will work out. And the lady with them, this is a dark-haired lady that has come into the room along with the emissary, but she's not introduced she says nothing and leaves with them. What the fuck? We right? never ever see her again. What is the point? Somebody had to, like, somebody had to design her. They had to put clothes on her and make her face and all that shit for, for no reason. It could have just been, like, the one dude, like, the emissary. 
she might be part of the cut content from the MSQ streamlining, but that shit is hard to research. <laughs> yeah. My best guess right now is that she was part of the um, deleted portions of this quest line. Or it's just some weird-ass ARR shit. I don't know. Sure. I mean, do we even see him again? I don't recall, frankly. Don't he is not so. very distinct. We don't get a name. He's just the emissary of yep. the Adventurer's Guild. I'm like, guessing no, but we might. Um, well, we'll keep an eye out and see. So they all leave to go and let Elfno negotiate on behalf of the Scions. And Menphilia dismisses us too to go hang out while she takes care of her business. And we cut over to us sitting in the break room. She comes in. We're at a table just chilling by herself. Yeah, I have, I have stuff to say about this. Okay. Um. So before Menphilia dismisses us, she's like, hey, well... Obviously, you're a bit of a celebrity, and the the Adventures Guild in Mordona is going to be like so stoked to have you. And as far as like um, you know, greasing some wheels, sending us up there right away was like that was her initial instinct. She's like that would have that seemed like a good idea. However, you need a rest. You gotta you just you are past due. Get some rest. We'll talk later. Like you said, apparently the rest was just us alone chilling in the break room at the waking sands just kind of like waiting for the next thing to do yep. like we are our character is incapable of like resting we have no personal life jen i, we're all I guess like or we're just we're so like you know spun up on stuff and like i get it if you know, when you feel really passionate about something and you just you just want to keep it going like there's this there's a momentum and if i'm not fucking tired i'm not gonna rest so i you know she she finds us when she's ready and we're sitting at a table alone, kind of staring off into space. Um, not even talking to anybody else. There's nobody else in there. Um, there was something about this moment that this was probably the... I can't remember of any other moments where I, I felt like the closest to Menphilia for some reason. You know, like the two of us who just were workaholics, right? Um, and she's coming in, be like, hey... Um, I, I hope we were able to get some rest of some kind, but because um, Alpha Noah is back and we have some news and you should come with me to the solar. And so this, the, I don't know, there was something really intimate about her looking around the waking sands for us. She also has left the solar for like the second time ever. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's weird seeing her outside of that environment. And, um, you know, when she's like, hey, come with me back to the solar, we got news. And I get off up the chair and I got like this happy little face on, you know, I'm like, yeah, finally there's stuff to do. And we chit chat as we're walking back to the solar. And there, there was something really nice about that. I don't know. And we are joined by all the scions in the solar, all the ranking scions. And there's news. Alpha No has negotiated for us a sweet deal with facilities and materials in exchange for the Scions helping to defend and develop Revenant's Toll. The new home will be called the Rising Stones. Passably poetic, says Thancred. This is funny. So Ishtola is like, well, she, she, you know, everybody's like, sweet. Yeah, we got a spot. Awesome. You know, there's just, there's, there's uh, much rejoicing. And Ishtola says that this is, this is a bit of a bittersweet moment. Obviously, you know, we're moving, moving our home. Um, but, She's going to miss all of Tataru's stories about the Scions, many, many callers. And then Thancred, like you said, he's like, well, the change from Waking Sands to Rising Stones, 
yeah, that's poetic. And then he points the finger at Uriange and he's like, was this you? <laughs> and then Uriange turns to him and he's just like, <laughs> he just he just smiles like a big toothy grin and yeah, busted. Minfilia has news too. And now this is interesting, Jen. She has informed the alliance leaders that the Scions are going to go public officially. So they are now going to stop... They're going to drop the facade of being a secret organization, even though after the whole Operation Archon thing, they're not really secret anyway. Right. And they're going to come out as the neutral defenders of the people that they want to be. And Alphano is not in favor of this, but Menphilia goes, nah, fuck you, we're doing it. Yeah, basically, he's like, are you sure that's a good decision? And she's like, you know what? The Scions of the Seventh Dawn is the worst kept secret in Eorzea. Everybody fucking knows where we are. Obviously, like, people are pounding down our door every single day to try to get a piece. So, so like, whatever. If we squint between the lines, if we assume Minfilia has emotions deep down somewhere, this might be her trying to wrest control back from Elfino by making an executive decision right. and not accepting counsel on it. Yep. It's not at all in the the text or in any sort of like emotion that I can perceive in the dialogue. But um, if we assume that Minfilia is actually a a person who is a leader and she wants to not just like step aside and let Alphano take over just through sheer lack of resistance, this could be her way of exerting control again. Yeah, she does kind of bulldoze over his objections. Yep. After that announcement, the Scions all cheer and they file out of the solar. On the way out, Tataru wonders if Philomene would teach her some mining. Maybe she can get in on that sweet Mordona mineral action. She's always looking for the angle, man. This is the start of Tataru's personal development. Uh, you're right, yeah. She's she's uh, doing some soul searching. And we're left alone now with Minfilia in the solar. She... Finally acknowledges Alphano's backseat driving, but she seems fine with it as she discusses it. She's like, he always seems to know what's going to happen and is already on top of it. His timing seems to be uncanny, much like yours, Warrior of Light. I know, right? That's it, right? See you later. Basically, like, yeah, here's some documents for Slothborn about logistics. So if you could get that to him, that'd be great. Yep. So we are sent now to Mordona to make way for the Scions. They are just called documents in the dialogue, but if we check the item description, it says that they detail the upcoming Scions operations in Mordona. So it's like an itinerary, essentially. Right. So we teleport over to Mordona. We say, what's up, Slothborn? Slothborn was our hookup during the Rock the Castrum questline, mm-hmm. who helped us to get introduced and um, strike back against the Empire. Yep. And has an unfortunate mustache. <laughs> He's a rockin' mustache. <laughs> He's smoking. These feel like they should be puns, but they're not. You're just saying words. I'm just appreciating his aesthetics, Jen. Okay. He's just take the mustache off. What a Philistine. What, the f- what does that even mean? What a what a plebe? What a what a what a troglodyte? What a That works. Okay. Okay. Um anyway. <laughs> So we give him the documents. He's like, what's up? Nice to see you again. He wishes he had a dozen adventurers like us. But since it's just us, he's going to give us the work of a dozen. Ha ha, JK. <laughs> but in fact, he was not kidding until just recently. 
We are coming up on a huge pile of cut content that was removed during the streamlining of the A Realm Reborn main story. There used to be several mandatory quests here that you had to do on behalf of Mordona as like the the tit for the tat for the scions sure. moving in. And this was a fucking pile of bullshit ass fetchy and whack-a-mole quests. <laughs> you had to go flower picking, go kill five guys, go to a place and trigger a speed bump fight. The worst of the fucking yeah. mechanics were yeah. all bunched up here as the um the way that you are helping out Mordona. Yeah, it's it's not even this is like this is like lowest tier side quest shit. Level five, go go kill three spriggans. Three right, yeah. yeah. It's just sad. But that's all gone now, thankfully. Yeah. They indeed do respect our time. And he's like, We're not gonna trouble you with that bullshit. You can just take a tour of the city. Here's Revenant's toll. Over there, that's your new headquarters. It's just past the entrance to the seventh heaven. So we will be installed in the back room of the seventh heaven, which was meant to be an adventurer's guild expansion at one point, but now it's going to be ours. Cool. He's in the middle of describing Mordona and going to send us on a self-guided tour, but we get a link pearl ping. Uh, it's uh, Tataru. And she's got urgent news. Uh, some distressing events have unfolded in Gridania, and our services are needed immediately. Um, we are to return to the Waking Sands. This gets to be a bit ridiculous. So we pray return to the Waking Sands, say, hi, Tatru, what's up? She says, I don't know, go see Menphilia. Right, right, right. We say, right. hey, Menphilia, what's up? She I says, I don't know, go see Oriange. Something scary is happening. It's pretty familiar. It looks ominous. Don't know what it is for sure, but it's pretty scary. It looks very much like something that happened five years ago. It's so, like, beyond vague and annoying. Go see Urianje. Urianje says, ooh, this etheric weave leaves little room for doubt. <clears throat> Tis a familiar foe we face, though one quite unlike the Lady of the Vortex. Just out with it, my god. Go see Vorsai now in the Adder's Nest. Teleport to Prudania. Well, before we do that, to be fair... Bentphilia, like under her breath, like not even to the room, says, Man, I hoped the Mogul's guard wouldn't be so careless. I'm sorry, who? What? Never mind, go see Commander Hulwa. Bye. We go to the Adder's Nest, say Sep for a sigh. He tells us that our old buddy Kuplo Cop, this is the friend that we met in the Gordania starting quest line, the Moogle that was hanging out with Papalimo and Ida. He has come to Gordania recently asking to speak with the elder Seedseer herself. There is an imminent threat to all Mughal kind in the Twelves Wood. And because we did so well with the Sylphs, we're now being tapped as the Mughal liaison. Go see Khan-E now in the Lotus Stand. So we go now to the Lotus Stand. And I'm not fully sure, but I think... That unless you are a Gordanian starting character, you have not been here before. This is the separate zone within Gordania that has the wide shallow pond with the island in the center ringed by those tree stump steps with the meeting table. This is the seat of power in Gordania. Yeah. We find Connie here, Raya O, Papalimo Ida, and Kuplo Kop, plus a handful of guards. Now we come say, we're here finally, what's going on? And as we approach, we get more of the business. <laughs> Kuplo Cop flies into our face, <laughs> yelling, please, we must stop them, but not kill them. They're not bad, just misguided. 
a gentle, firm thrashing is in order, but... <laughs> and then finally, Raya cuts him off, saying, we still don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> Thank you, Raya. Holy shit. It's been like five people, no joke, that have talked around this subject fucking so far. nothing. Yeah, like, they know, but they're not saying... God, just get to that fucking point. <laughs> so, okay, so Connie... Uh, she continues. Um, it seems the good King Mogul Mog the Twelfth has returned. And at this point in Eorzea's history, it's unclear whether the king is a real figure from history or if he's just, uh, as Rhea O says, a manifestation of Mughal mythology. No, Connie's, Connie's saying. That's right. Right? Connie says that, I think? Yes. Okay. Um, but yeah, like, is the king, did he actually exist or is this just Mughal myth? Um and then Kupal Kopp tells us the the myth. The legend of good king, king Mogul Mog the Twelfth, <laughs> Lord of all the land. Oh, I, I almost wanted to write down all of the little things, you know, when they say his name and then they pause and they do some sort of honorific phrase for him, you know, glory be glorious as he's yeah, there's a bunch of them. They're We're really funny. The song. They're really funny. It's coming. Um, <laughs> um so in the beginning. The Mughals used to serve the gods in the heavens, so the legend goes. There was plenty of wine, but, wine or no, the gods began to squabble, and their infighting made life difficult for the Mughals. So King Mogul Mog Twelfth decreed that the Mughals would leave the heavens and live in the realm of man to get away from these conflicts. So the king lowered the longest rope ever woven from the heavens so the Mughals could climb down it. And the king remained in the heavens so that Mughalkind could at last know peace. May his courageous sacrifice never be forgotten. <clears throat> and I'm not clear on if he stayed to hold the rope he or stayed to, to hold the rope. distract yeah. them. Nope. Somebody had to hold the rope and it was him. And once everybody else was down, he was like, well, there's nobody here to hold the rope for me. So good luck to you all. Being a legend it does not need to make perfect sense. It's fine. It's a myth. No, no and Edith totally fucking calls it out, though. Because Papalimo, at this point, she's like, well, he hasn't remained in the heavens because, like, this is why we're here, because he's now here. And Ida was like, oh, he finally must have found something to tie the rope to. <laughs> right, girl? Like, why didn't he do that before? So he's here, having been summoned. Papalimo and Ida are confused as to how and why the Mughals would summon a primal, especially with Garuda and the ultimate weapon destroyed. But Raya theorizes that this is why they summon the Primal, because they have been threatened twice recently with no means of defense. So this may be a preemptive, preventative measure against the next thing to arise. Well, right. They're, you know, they exist only by the grace of somebody else, you know. Um, so somebody else's uh, strength, um, they've been saved from the brink of destruction, and they're like... We want to take matters into our own hands. You know, that's that's understandable. But uh, the longer the good king Mogulmog hangs around, is it Mogulmog or Mogulmog? It is Mogulmog. Mogulmog. He, the more he's starting to, like, fuck with the brains of the uh, Moogle kind around him, you know, in typical, like, primal fashion. There's also the aetheric drain on the land. Yeah, no, it's all, it's all no bad. No big deal. It's all bad. <laughs> it's all bad. So we can, we can get out there and take care of him. You know, and that that'd be great if you could do that. The issue is that the his sanctuary is 
guarded, not guarded, but concealed by magical wards in the bramble patch, so you can't get in there. You need a, you need what are called keystones. Is that what they're called? Yes, they are keystones. They're enchanted, I yep. guess. Yeah. The Conjurer's Guild hookup, Isumiyan, will tell us how to dispel them. So we head over to the guild. He's happy to have us on board. He says that the Mughals are generally peaceful, but the king's influence could change that. And when they appeared previously, the um, the past adventurers had to slay the Mughal guardians that held the keystones to the king's sanctuary. This time, though, fortunately, we can skip the Mughal murder. Kuplo Kop was entrusted with the keystones, but he has defected from the king to enable this regicide. And Kuplo didn't want to extra betray the Mughals by handing over the keystones, but we're out of options, so we're going to go and pressure him into handing them over. We do so. We head over to the docks by the Lancers Guild. He's like, fine, we'll do it. Yeah, Isumiyan was like, you know, we are out of options here. I bet if you ask really nicely, he'll be cool with it. This is all built up as if this is going to be a, like a big ask. Like, you know, hey, do do another betrayal. Let's layer some betrayal on top of your betrayal. Um, it's not it's not a light question to ask. But we go over and they're like, hey, um, so we need the keystones? Well, He's like, well, okay. For the record, <laughs> this section was also heavily edited. And we can't comment on everything that was trimmed down. There's too much. This All of Realm Reborn, especially the post game, got whacked with the yeah. condensation hammer. First time doing this, we did all of it. Yeah. The, the, yeah, we, we did the fully realized, fully bloated post ARR shit. But... Every time something seems like, oh, it's it's gonna be some bullshit, then it's like, oh, it happens. It just it just happens. That's... Yeah, the thing with like Slothborn, the yeah. thing like because I remember dealing with him so much. I'm like, he was I remember him playing into a whole lot of stuff. But we've talked to him like twice. Once when we were doing the custom sentry shit, and then just now yeah. I don't think we'll ever really talk to him again. So pretty uh, much every time there's like a oh, that was that was easy, it's probably because the devs made it easy during that um yeah, main story trip. But good, thank you. We don't need to go click on more guys and wander around blowing teleport fees to click for forward real. on quest yeah. steps. Um it's like it's literally just time wasty um busy work. And I also have to say that um, Kublai Cop is waiting for us at Westport Pier, which is on the east side of New Gradania or Old Gradania. That's yeah. annoying. Anyway. It is? Why? It's because it's called Westport. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Just let me have this, okay? Okay, fine. Anyway, he, he yeah, he yields immediately. It's no big deal. And we're going to meet him at Sweet Bloom Pier so he can escort us to the entrance. Yep. So we take the ferry and it dumps us right where he is again. But he is now being menaced by three extra big Huge Moogles. Huge Moogles. Yep. They all have hats and or weapons. Yes. So that's unique. And these are some of the Mongols guard. They have caught on to his scheme and are here to threaten him, to bully him into compliance. But no, he says, the, the king will lead the Moogles to ruin. So fuck off. The paladin Moogul. Every Moogul we encounter has a job that is a player job. So the paladin one, who's got his helmet on and little sword and shield, he declares that all those who defy the will of good king Mogulmog Twelfth rules with iron hand, <clears throat> will soon answer for their crimes. Soon, but not yet, because they leave. Right, yeah. It's like, it's fine. Like, whatever, guys. You don't, let's not talk to Kupla Cop anymore. He's just like, he's a traitor now. And it's fine, because good king will smite anyone who needs smiting. It's all, it's all good. 
Truplo now tells us that in order to get access to the Thorn March, we have to bring the stones deep into the Bramble Patch. But the Muggles Guard has set traps, so we get an escort mission now. Yeah. This is the least annoying escort mission ever. Right. He follows you around. You don't have to beckon him. No. Oh, God. Th- this fucking leave uh, quest where you have to, like, slash run, beckon from two feet, feet away. But yeah, seriously. And then the, the person walks slowly towards you, pop, 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 pop. slash beckon They don't even again. walk all the way to you. They're, like, two thirds away, and then they stop. And you're like, okay. Yeah, fuck those things. Beckon again. <laughs> but no, um... He will follow you. You're not on his timer. You can go as fast as you want to, and he will keep up. Yeah. And as you get to certain points along the journey to the Bramble Patch, enemies will spawn in stuff like Ochus, I think, and then like squirrels, actual squirrels, and then morbles yeah, Giant appear. wasps, morbles. Yeah. yeah. And when I was doing this, there was another player doing it at the exact same time as me. Weird. So we got double spawns, which is actually pretty fun because it made things a bit more spicy than than normal. But these enemies, though, they attack Kuplo directly. They say, fuck your your aggro. They will laser target him. So it's kind of like a DPS race to burn them down before they burn him down. Totally. So, I mean, it's it's not hard, except in the middle of this, I actually lost him. Because I think an enemy, like I killed a, killed a guy, but something else had spawned and I didn't see it. Yeah, there's so, like two parts where you get pincered by one from the front, one from behind. Yeah, I totally, totally missed it. I was like, great, here we go. And I'm moving on, I'm moving on. And I get to a point where there should have been another spawn. And there's a message appearing on the screen that was like, you sense an evil presence. And I'm looking around and nothing is spawning. So I run out. Kind of run back in. I get the thing again. I must have been like, because it, it it was like a U-turn that I had done, like uh-huh. a big fat U-turn. So I must have accidentally like gotten back into the zone that triggered the, the spawn that I had missed. And I was looking around me. I'm like, oh, fuck, I lost this guy. So I, I retrace my steps and he is still in this log fighting the second dude that spawned <laughs> that I didn't even see. And his health was at like 15%. I'm like, fuck! <laughs> Okay, kill, 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 heal, 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 and then uh, his he, his his health comes back really quickly. But yeah, I felt bad, poor guy. And he pop his he had these little the speech bubbles that pop up, and they're like, "Don't leave me." <laughs> so sad. <laughs> I'm so sorry. We eventually arrive at like a thorny morass, and this is the point where we can now attune to enter the thorn march. So he's like, "Okay, we made it. Good job. Good luck. Peace." <laughs> mm-hmm. And we can now enter. The Thorn March Trial. This place is swarming with Mughals. They challenge our entry, calling the Mughals to arms, defend the king. And there is so much to say about this fight, Jin. Holy shit. So, um, first off, for those who don't know, this fight was entirely remade from scratch during the 6.x patch series. This is because with the addition of the AI companion duty support system... And the revision to the Operation Archon fights. This is the very first content that is um, multiplayer mandatory. 
So people could have gotten this far and only played with AI companions. And further, this is the first Critical Path eight-person content in the game. So for people who have been taking it slow, they both get to deal with new players, like players, period, for the first time, and with eight people at once in a trial. Whoa! They made this very kind of soft touch ramp up, um, like, you know, like a a light introduction into this kind of content. So the the original one, was that the one where you had to, like, target each Mongols guard, like, one at a time? Well, you could AoE them too, um, and we'll talk about this more during the extreme because the extreme is still around in its old form, and the extreme is very much like the original trial for Thornmarch. So um, we'll get a taste of the old mechanics when we do the extreme. But yes, the answer is yes. They had all of them out at once yeah. there versus being the very managed fashion they appear in this time. Yeah, this was this was a breeze. Um, but they do introduce mechanics that are specific to a full party. So before we get there, though, the music. Yeah. It starts out as <laughs> cute but generic at the first phase of the fight. But for phase two, when good king Mogulmog the 12th leads the brave and true, <laughs> appears, a Tim Burton-esque creepy cutesy song kicks in about how the Mughals are going to maim and disembowel us. (laughs) And for those who have not listened to the lyrics in detail, this is being sung by the Mughals guard as they celebrate the king and proclaim their individual skills and plans for our warrior of light. So let's meet his trusty crew. (laughs) So first off is the warrior. Kupta Kappa will clip your tuft, split your hairs, and ruffle your fluff. The paladin. Coop de goop will throw you for a loop. Brave a wall of whiskers to find his troop. Is it like a western now, Jen? <laughs> no, it's all a song in this cadence, you know. And the... the white mage. Cooply leap is sly yet sweet. He'll tickle your nose, then tickle your feet. The archer. <laughs> Jolly Kogi's eye for fun is clear. He'll put an arrow straight in your rear. <laughs> the black mage. Pukla Puki plays with fire. Palms are burning on her pyre. This lyric is super aggro sounding. It's it's spoken in a very menacing fashion in the song itself. Unlike how I just did it. Yes. Yes. Then the bard. Puxi Pico likes her buddies big to sing a little song and dance a little jig. The rogue. Pukna Paco shivers and shakes. She'll stick you in the gut and give you belly aches. And who's behind him? Standing tall. Why, the biggest Mughal of the all. Good King Magama, good King Ma, the kind and noble lord. Killing it. Thank <laughs> you. I don't know what these accents are you're doing, but thank you, Jen. I, you know what? We don't know. <laughs> it could be accurate. The fight starts with skirmishes against the Mogul's guard. They come out a couple at a time, and they have attacks themed around their respective jobs. There are some standard AoE telegraphs, stacks and spreads, whatever. The Black Mage brings out a new mechanic. 
she casts Palm Meteor, which puts four circles on the ground with descending meteors above. A player will want to stand in each circle to soak the hit, otherwise they explode into raid-wide damage. Yeah, this is a tower soak thing. Yep. And the rogue whips out the game's first double tank buster. Yeah. This is a standard tank buster marker, but with two orbs circling around. Yep. You want both tanks to stand inside the marker and mitigate up. Though, honestly, in the earlier fights, you can single tank it and you'll be fine. Uh, but the, it's good the, practice, though, for the future. Oh, definitely. Then you you know, you know learn the the signs. Because it's, it's the traditional stack marker sign, but it is red instead of yellow. And then with the orbs and stuff. So it's clearly like this is a tank thing. Yep. Um, our tank, uh, the, the two tanks didn't stack because um, I don't think one of them knew. Mine too, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the one guy took it all on his own and his health was down to, it was really low, but he survived. Um, and then one of the healers was like, by the way, that's a double tax tank stack. Okay, thanks. So, you yeah. know. I mean, that's good advice for the tank that did not tank it. But also, um, I, I hate to, hey, you fucked up by the way, because it's hard to sound helpful versus it's, criticizing no, a text. No, yeah, you can't. I don't think there was any, like, passive aggressiveness in that. It was just literally like, oh, hey, sure. just by the way, that was, that's what a double tank stack marker looks yep. like for future reference. Like, yeah, okay, got yep. it. Once you defeat the guard... The king himself arrives, a giant Mughal wearing a crown. His judgment you will dread. <laughs> the king casts a raid-wide Memento Mughal. This is a key mechanic in the extreme, but here it's just a an easy raid-wide damage hit. Whatever. It's kind of a big hit, though. The king will then make three decrees, which lines up with the three decrees that are spoken in the song's lyrics. Each decree uses skills from the various Moggle's Guard members who appear during the mechanic, but they are not targetable. They are summoned in like a summoner kind of summons in the Eggies. Right. They just hang out and do like AoEs. Yep. Yeah. So the first decree, um, the first one combines a giant ground damage area, like a big poison swamp mm -hmm. with a stack marker that then is quickly followed by a spread marker. So you got to... Group yep. up, then spread out and yep. avoid the swamp area. The second decree starts with Moogle Go Round, which is three giant overlapping AoEs that will appear sequentially. So you're forced to go around the arena, dodging them in turn. Mm -hmm. Then they drop a fat AoE in the final safe space. So you got to split from there. And then they top it off with a dual tank buster. Woo! The Final decree, if you haven't already cleared the fight because of the busted ass ah. item sync mechanics in A Realm Reborn, <clears throat> the final decree summons circle AoEs that will follow behind random players, and then they drop several AoEs that force you to dodge around the arena a bunch, pretty much. I think we skipped that one. Yeah. it's yeah. Again, it, it sucks because eye levels are busted, and I wish they would cap the sync more heavily mm -hmm. for synced content because it's it's pretty shitty to like skip a third of the fight yeah and like you're always going to do that because unless you get like eight sprouts together that just have their like artifact know, gear yeah. then how are you not going to just bust nah, this fight we're right all open? just yep yeah we're way over geared anyway we kill the king and he dissipates into aether poof the moggles guard swarms about in confusion they retreat into the wood i think one of them is like crying yeah, and, and they are hefting their wounded behind them. So, like, the yeah, black they got mage the, they got is... The, the black mage by yeah. the foot, you know, like, all right, we're, we're, we gotta go. <laughs> After we leave, Kuplo Cop flits about us, celebrating Yay! our victory. 
he's doing a little like butt dance. We have averted disaster at the hands of the king, and Kuplo will make certain that the Mughal chieftain gives them a talking to. Yes. You know, the, 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 the firm slashing that they are due. So we head back for some reason to Puckney Pack at Camp Tranquil, who is one of Raya's Mughal buddies. We say, hey, we did it. Cool, I guess. Go tell Connie. I'll, yeah, like, I'll go tell the chieftain, and then you talk to Raya. I'm pretty sure this is part of the cut content. I don't know why they kept this step in. Like, just go go tell us to go back to Connie. I know. Why, why go to the fucking South Shroud? Anyway, whatever. Why couldn't... <sighs> I mean, we're going to the Lotus Stand to give our report. Why couldn't Rhea O and Pukni? Also it, that. Is it, is it Puckney? It's Puckney. Puckney. Yeah, why couldn't Rhea O and Puckney be there? Like, they were the last time. Yeah. Like, everybody was there for, like, the, here is your task, go do it. And now we're there for the debrief. They should also, I don't know, we gotta just it's weird. fucking teleport to the Camp Tranquil and then immediately teleport to the Lotus Stand. So we do that. We do that. And as we get there, Papalimo and Ida are debating about if the king was an actual primal as he has many characteristics that are consistent with primals, but he isn't a god to the Mughals, whereas the others we've faced so far have been deities to their respective tribes. Right. Maybe the Scions got to update their definition. I think that's fair. Yeah. Because it's, yeah, the only thing that differentiates King Mogamog, good King Mogamog, um, praise be his stuff. The kind and noble lord. The kind and noble lord. Yeah, anyway, he's the only distinction is that he isn't he isn't a god, but in every other measurable way, he is a primal. Because he, he, he eats your faith. He eats your crystals. You summon him with prayer or whatever. Same same deal. And his existence is a blight upon the land. He's sucking up ether. He is poisoning mines. It's the same shit. You know, maybe we update our definition. But anyway, all of that said, it's clear, again, that Asians are behind all of this. The Asians taught them how to do it. Um, and Kublai Cop is like, oh, shit, yeah. A masked man is, he, he taught us how to do that. I didn't want to say anything because we have a lot of masked men. In yeah, the like half Twelfth the people wood. in the Twelfth would have masks on. <laughs> Every single wood wheeler has a mask on. Um, he's not wrong, but it was an Asian. So. Khan E states the obvious. <laughs> we'll have to be on guard as long as the Asians are meddling, but for now we're safe. So we're about to be dismissed when Ida asks about that other matter. Ah, uh, yes, says Connie. The Scions will soon be sent supplies by Gradania. Yeah, don't worry about it. You got, you guys are good. We got you. And then, and then there was must, much rejoicing. We head back to the Waking Sands to report our success to Minfilia, and that's where we will leave off this episode. So when I did this the first time, this this obviously it comes right on the heels of like some heavy shit. The ultimate weapon, La Habrea, uh putting the realm back together. Fetchy bullshit in Mordona. Yeah, you know, moving the waking sands. Like these this is I mean, we just went through some shit. Many lives were lost. So I really liked this basically as like as a not really any stakes, kind of palate cleanser for the entire tone. I I thought it was great. I thought the music was... It, it weirded me out at first because it seemed so... 
like discordant with everything that we had just done. Um, but I thought I I did this fight a lot because it was very hard for me the first well, time. That was but the extreme. Was it? Yes, blind queuing into the extreme through the. Yeah, we all like had the, to. We we did that a, a, quite a few times. It was hard. Yeah, from the um the duty finder, not from party finder. Yep. So being there for like I think two queues worth trying to figure it out and get the clear. Oh, at at least yeah. Yeah. Um. Anyway, the game has to add a fucking like disclaimer in. Put like flashing red text when you try to queue for an, for an extreme, saying, "Hey, maybe try party finder." <laughs> or something because this happens all the fucking time and you unlock this content you say okay cool i'll queue for it directly and the only people that you end up with are either mentors who are a crapshoot honestly or with other people who don't know shit and so they are likewise queuing into the extreme trial with no clue what yep is going on yep so probably a good idea just in general because i like i've i don't know how to party finder like straight up i've never used it unless you've set something up or there's like a hunt like i can figure that out but i i stay i stay clear because i'm not i think there's a level of competence that you have to have to do party finder shit it's pretty easy actually but it's a lot at once because there are like 10 tabs or something like that and if you open it up you get dumped on by this giant window full of all these symbols and crap and yeah A a tutorial would be nice yeah, it's um, a critical tool and you have to look at it in detail to figure out how it works to actually use it, but you need to use it for anything that is high end. Yep. So so yeah, I I enjoyed it because it just was pure fucking silliness to me. I, I liked it as just kind of a, a a psychological break from everything else we had just done. So yeah, cute. The pacing of this is very disorienting frankly now yeah like it's i i don't like the way it is today no i do not want to go spend an hour teleporting around no, killing like, garbage it, like, there, there had to have been another option so it's like it, it was either hey how about a handful of bullshit fetch quests and whatever or we remove all of it like it, there had to have been a happy medium right like how about make the quests the problem better? then is that you have to write new content and implement new content I, yeah which takes yeah. away from you know, current content for people who have already played through the whole game and want new stuff. Oh, I know. I'm asking. I'm asking for something. That but is... no, I mean that said, this this does not really improve. Well, it, it does because it's faster, but it doesn't really improve the quality though necessarily of nope. the post game because now you're just like blasting it, it, through it. Yeah, it feels like those moments in the one to fifty story where like something that was in in concept had gravity to it it's just like one well, dialogue I mean, box yeah i mean that that's post game gen i know but it, they did it again they're just like skeletonizing these stories philomene never had a good story it's just that she had more more bullshit to do before you got her <laughs> so it, it's not like finding her was once before like some riveting detective story but now it's it's no a button click. It no was... again like literally all we had as far as substance was the time it took to do it yeah so and then and now that's gone so yeah it, it just it sucks though because it feels like we are in, in like kind of like a, a time distortion or for the final fantasy 8 fans out there time compression <laughs> but uh where stuff just jumps around kind of randomly and it feels like you're kind of just helplessly being carried on by some erratic current yes so maybe it's gonna like improve towards heaven's ward or something i don't know for sure hopefully 
But for now, though, it feels very erratic and very unsatisfying to just be shunted around to random events that have magnitude but not yeah. connectivity. Yeah. Yeah, it felt it it felt anemic. Yeah. Fair. And I'm sure there'll be more of that coming up because they, they took out a bunch. Frankly, for me, the stuff I recall most about the A Realm Reborn post game in terms of the main story, um, it is when we meet the other character, the visitor. Mm. That's our friend. Our short-term friend. <laughs> uh, and then um, <laughs> the stuff surrounding that and then the lead up and resolution to the actual moment that gets us kicked into heaven's ward directly so that stuff it's pretty strong in my recollection yes all of this like early post-game stuff though is all a blur to me right it, it just seems perfunctory like all right you're you're gonna need Monfilia's mom for reasons let's let's give you a fun little eight party trial and then then we're gonna get right back into the shit that will tear at your soul I think there's some more bullshit coming up. Oh, then. of course. <laughs> of course. I'm like, well, there will be more. But uh, along with that, there are some really, there's some heavy oh, yeah, fucked for sure. upness coming. Yes. Yeah. Well, um, we will rediscover that soon. We sure will. Any other thoughts this episode, Jen? No. Cool. Next time, we'll be playing through the end of the patch 2.1 main story, ending at Build on the Stone. Also, we'll be hitting up a pair of trials. The extreme version of King Mogglemog, Lord of all the land. <laughs> and we'll be facing down Odin. See you then. And that will do it for today's episode. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. We really appreciate y'all. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, you can at podreturnffxiv at gmail.com or via good old Discord. You check the show notes for info, log in, talk to peeps, share stuff. Talk about life, talk about the game, talk about your glams. Um, it's great. Or join us for some uh, group content in the future. Good stuff. Yeah, and uh, with that, uh, we hope you enjoyed the episode and have a good day. Or night, and we will see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>